In a land of unexpen- unexpected expenses and a time of harsh reality, the destiny of a mediocre podcast rests on the shoulders of three dudes. Its name, Four Seasons and a Funeral. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 7 of Merlin, The Secret Sharer. My name is Nick, and joining me today are Charlie and David. Oh, hi, I'm Charlie. <laughs> I am David. Sorry, I completely blanked out there for a second. Oh, man. Couldn't be me. Like, Charlie's not saying anything. Should I say hi? <laughs> no, let's wait and see how long it takes. I was trying to figure out how long you guys were trying to fuck with me there. <laughs> what's really I mean, funny yeah, that is, was my plan. What's really funny is when I edit this, that's, <laughs> there will be no gap there. <laughs> <laughs> Audience, just so that you know, that was a solid 30 second gap. <laughs> that was not 30 seconds. It might as well have been. Dead air is like tripled in time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially um, in a podcast. Oh, hey, hey, audience. Remember how last episode uh, we were talking about how we were going to go to medieval times? It was happening for sure, 100%. Also, we were doing Listen, a... Uh... We, we don't need to talk about the lies we told the audience. <laughs> what are you talking about? Medieval times was fantastic. It was, it was great. great uh yes it was it was fantastic unfortunately they got angry at us when we brought recording mics in and confiscated them so we have no recordings right yeah, guys shame about that we really shouldn't have brought in those vacuum tube recorders <laughs> <laughs> what's really oh, funny is we decided not to go to and then literally like um on the saturday we were planning to go I was like just looking through my Instagram and a high school friend of mine went to medieval times. <laughs> and I was like, this was the correct decision not to go if they're going. <laughs> like, were they that's... were they a grown man? Because that's kind of cringe. No, but their vibe is definitely not the vibe I want to cultivate in my life. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, we made the correct decision. We were also told by a friend that a person they went on a date with who works at a medieval times said, yeah, it's really cringe when grown men go to medieval times. To be fair, we would have had also two grown women with us, which I think would have helped the so, cringe factor. So that means only David is cringe. Whoa. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're each 66% or 33%. <laughs> no, Nick, our cringe gets canceled out because it's, oh, you're on a date. So this the entire is cute party, now. So the entire party is 20% cringe. <laughs> My cringeness does get spread out to you. <laughs> My 100% cringe does get equally spread amongst the party. Cringe is like a spreadable like peanut butter. Just that's, I mean, that's perfectly real. Like if someone in your group is cringe, that affects all of you. You yeah. can't be a cool guy if there's a real cringe person next to you. I'm gonna. I think it's more like crunchy peanut butter because there can be like it can like stick and be like extra in some areas and like a little thin in others. All right, so but it's not like perfectly. Who, who even eats crunchy peanut butter? Of all? Whoa, oh, hey, so fuck good. you! Oh, it's so good. <laughs> crunchy peanut butter. Okay, here. Remember when I asked a couple days ago, "What's your most controversial opinion?" And we settled on um, incorrectly. Small spoon is bigger than big spoon. Whoa, first of all. And we're not, we're, for clarification, Nick audience. Nick was not there. Nick would have been on your side for Big Spoon. Yeah. Nick, for utensils, this isn't about cuddling. Small Spoon oh, I was about or to say, Big I was about spoon. to say Small Spoon. Fuck that. No, no, yeah, no, no. no. Small Spoon is like, wonderful. Like, literally, like, a, a spoon that you use to eat. Yeah, you're, you're, you're making yourself a bowl of cereal. You open up the cutlery drawer, and there are tiny little spoons for infants, and there is a big boy <laughs> spoon for grown men. What spoon right. are you taking? So, Charlie... Here, here's here's a hilarious thing um i'm gonna fucking state, murder you in my current state <laughs> i am taking the little spoon in my normal state i'm taking the big spoon god bless you everyone else was with me for a little in, spoon in, in case you're, in case you're wondering i have i have attempted to eat cereal with a big spoon with my left hand recently <laughs> it doesn't go well for some reason that's too much spoon for my left hand uh, <laughs> But potato is, and if, storm were both down for small spoons <laughs> right with in me. my right hand in my right hand big spoon works out okay uh don't yeah. worry salt would have been on our side i'm sure and this just reinforces it's what's the largest spoon that can comfortably fit in your mouth 
I listen, I just don't want a big spoon. Small spoon. How are you you're taking so much longer to eat? Yeah. Shovel that shit in there. Well, no, it's because I use if it you're... like I, you use it, you <laughs> tilt the bowl or the plate up into your mouth and just use the spoon as like a shoveling shovel <laughs> to shovel the food into your mouth. You don't actually yeah, use this... it to lift the food. You know what? You know this what, might Charlie, be the real right. controversial opinion. Smoother, crunchy peanut butter, though. Oh, I God. say smooth because I use peanut butter for cooking. And if I'm right. going to make a peanut sauce, I don't want to have... All right, if I want toast. peanut crunch, like crumbs, I'm going to add peanuts in. Specifically on toast. Specifically on toast. I, I've only ever bought in smooth peanut butter. The only time I've had crunchy peanut butter was when I lived with Nick. And that was the only peanut butter available. <laughs> I think that I know was Nick's the only answer. peanut butter available. And David, you want to know the reason why that was the only peanut butter available? Uh, because I used to be a smooth, uh, smooth peanut butter enjoyer, and then I, uh, I, I decided like, hey, I'm gonna get some crunchy peanut butter. Had that for a little while. That became the norm, and now smooth peanut butter on toast is gross. Like it's legit, <laughs> like legitimately gross. Like I don't like it. I need, I need the crunch. It's, it's really weird. It's and it's not okay. I, but it's like I, it's straight up gross. I will say I do like crunch for peanut butter sandwiches. Um, exactly. But so, I like, usually I... get the crunch from the piece of toast <laughs> that I'm eating. No, I don't know. Like, legitimately smooth peanut butter on, like, toast or something is just not, like, it's Weird. not okay. But if, it's, if that's crunchy peanut butter, it's so good. It's so good. My favorite sandwich to make was peanut butter and Asian hot sauce. Uh, peanut butter and honey is fantastic. Oh, yes. Also very good. But spicy, crunchy peanut butter sandwich. Delicious. No, best. see, I can't. I can't do spice with peanut butter the same way I can't do spice with chocolate. Really? Those, those are I those are two flavor profiles I don't want touching. I don't know. I don't think I I've tried do... spice with peanut butter, David. I'm gonna have to give it's that a really shot. At some well, like, have you not had like a Thai like peanut noodles or anything or like? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I stay away from peanut sauces like, actually. A Vietnamese rice roll with like peanut sauce on it. No, it like, has chilies in it. Like that's the flavor profile. It's delicious. Yeah. No, I, I. Stay away from peanut sauces for some reason, and I think it's because I associate peanut so much with bre- like with breakfast on toast, and then like a dessert flavor that it, it feels weird to me to peanut have it is, at any other peanut time. Peanut is very much like a meal flavor for me. yeah, like a, for David food. peanuts. It's what's for dinner for Charlie. <laughs> that's that's a breakfast food. Peanuts. It's, it's what's because, for breakfast and dessert. Um, peanut. Butter specifically, I add it to um, hot pot a lot because like mm. hot pot dipping sauce is usually oh, a peanut yeah. mixed with like soy sauce and vinegar kind of style, and you just dip like hot pot beef and lamb into it, and oh god, I'm salivating! <laughs> I need to have a hot pot this weekend. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, um, I guess... Oh hey, audience! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Hi. Hi, audience. <laughs> Didn't see you there, audience. <laughs> How's it going? Nick, uh, for your intro. What are your unexpected expenses? Because I have unexpected expenses, and I haven't told you guys about them. Ooh. No, mine was just the, the, the reason why we didn't go to Medieval Times Oh, initially. yeah, because tickets were expensive. <laughs> oh, how, um, much was, it went, wow. how much was the museum? Uh, oh, that, we, so we didn't actually end up going. Uh, it would have been 30 bucks each, though, with oh, the extra exhibit. So we're still hoping to go at some point, but we didn't end up going. Uh, so my extra, museum, not expensive. Yeah. Medieval times, expensive. Mm-hmm. Just very. Um, yeah, so I was at work yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. about to hop into a call to do some project estimations, when my girlfriend hollers downstairs, hey, she's gotten out again. And oh, no. our one dog, in a spot she had gotten out before, dug underneath our neighbor's fence, and then was not in our neighbor's backyard. Oh no! She Uh-oh. had managed to run down the block. Thankfully, uh, high school was letting out, and we have a high school near us. Um, and she followed a young blonde woman home, right. presumably thinking it looked like my Your fiance. fiance. Yeah, <laughs> small blonde um, woman makes sense. So we got her, and we were like, "Okay, shit, we need to patch this." Uh, she dug about a foot down. And squeeze herself underneath the fence. So we're like, cool, we'll go get some plywood board and we'll dig down more and cover it. 
Went out, got the plywood. That's a hundred bucks because plywood's fucking expensive. Wood prices have not gone back to normal. Yeah. Um, and then we went, well, it's starting to rain. We can't dig it out now. So we'll cover the hole, put a rock over the plywood, and she won't be able to get out. Well, there was about a three-quarter foot gap between the plywood and the edge of the fence post. Guess who got out again today? Oh, my God. Thankfully, this time, just running over to see the chickens in the neighbor's yard. So. Oh, dear. She is on restricted watch. And now we have to figure out a way to secure the fence line. Yay! Yay! That's gonna cost money! Yay! Oh, this Especially is... now that she knows she can do it. Well, this is the thing. This is our second year in this house. She went the entire previous year without doing this. So, we don't know what changed other than she found out she can do this thing now. And if something really catches her eye, she's gonna go do it. So, yeah, that's gonna be just all the stress in my life. What's your unexpected expense, David? Um, uh, I dropped a hundred bucks on Gundams yesterday <laughs> or two <laughs> days ago. I guess that wasn't like a, expected. Like a Gundam model? Yeah, yeah. I just if they were streaming Gundam Mercury on the official Gundam YouTube um, on Sunday, and I watched it all again the first season because it's so good. Highly recommend Witch from Mercury. Um, I think it's a fantastic Gundam and fantastic Mecha. And so I watched it all. And then I just went to look at the models. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. And I looked at them and I went, I could buy these. I'm getting my tax return soon. (laughs) Oh, shit. I need to do that. I could drop a hundred bucks on Gundams. So I did. (laughs) Were you able to claim it as a business expense, David? What kind of business expense would this be? It's an ergonomic Gundam. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, there's a line and you guys are towing it. (laughs) Only towing it, eh? (laughs) Really thought we were dead over that line. I I thought we'd left that line a while ago with that one, but hey. (laughs) No, I'll probably claim a standing desk this year as my expense. (laughs) Interesting. Um, Because I need to buy a new desk anyways, and standing desks are covered. (laughs) Gotta see what I can get away with myself on that front. We'll see. Hopefully I won't have to edit any HTML pages, but I will. (laughs) (laughs) don't think i won't (laughs) (laughs) david's just correcting the web pages to say what they should say listen sometimes the web page isn't descriptive enough and it just needs to be it just says mouse and keyboard adjusted Uh. it's still an eligible product it's just not labeled correctly (laughs) oh man what a, what a beautiful statement, David. <laughs> I stand by my statement. Oh. Uh, All right. What, Anything what else? What have I been up to? Anything um, else we want to talk about? No, I did, I did things. I did things this last little while. It's great. Um, audience, my, my hand is still healing. Um, I was mentioning to, to David before this, uh, I can type now. Um, but that, that the, the one big blister that's on my palm uh is still healing and still needs to be bandaged um but the rest of the blisters while gross um should go down eventually uh soon tm that's that's all i've really got about that um outside of that uh, i went and visited my parents this weekend uh my parents uh puppy uh is looking a lot more like a dog now uh she has gotten bigger she is still adorable but she is too full-sized like vishla which is no, she's fantastic. not allowed to get bigger. Ah, uh, she's she's still pretty cute, but she's she looks a lot more dog-like and a lot less puppy-like, and that's okay. She is full of so much energy. She's still relatively chill, but like she's chill for the breed, uh, yeah. which is important. Important <laughs> important to note. Um, Vishlas are not a low-energy breed, um, but also parents knew what they were getting into. She's pretty good, given their expectations. <laughs> That's good. Which is good. 
Yeah. Um, otherwise, not too much. Yeah, I think that's about it for me. Oh, wait, no. I got one more thing. Um, yesterday, I went to go and pick up a prescription uh, at the drugstore and was told, here's your prescription. We don't know how to process this, so can you come back to pay for it later when we figure it out? Interesting. What? <laughs> what? Yes. Why don't they know how to process it? What kind of they weird didn't... prescription are you getting, Nick? <laughs> so uh, it was a it was a prescription that like required like a compounding thing, so they couldn't do it on site, so they had to go order it from a different place that could do it. Um, and because of that, uh, they didn't know how to like input it properly into their system. Um, so they're like, we'd still like to give you this prescription, but can you come back to pay for it when someone who knows how to do this, like process this can do it? I was like, I guess. Thank you. I like them <laughs> looking at that medication and going, no, this man needs this medicine. <laughs> like, yeah, we should, it'd be, it'd be good to get this to him. And like, I was appreciative of being able to get it, but was the strangest thing of like I'm not like I'm going to go back and pay for it I haven't had a chance to yet but I'm going to go back and pay for it obviously but it was so strange to walk out just being like you promised to come back okay see you later (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah sort of a strange happening but but it's okay I'll go I'll go pay for that medication when I'm when I can I guess why does a strange happening sound like a show I would have watched in like 2002? Uh, <laughs> Late at cause, night. Because <laughs> it's an early predecessor of Fringe. Yeah. Strange happening. <laughs> strange happenings. This week a man touches a frying pan fresh out of the oven. Oh no, not again. <laughs> and then his prescription gets kind of fucky, but it's fine. <laughs> that's oh, <no>. strange <laughs> this is Canada he's not gonna go bankrupt from this isn't that strange no it it's happened. sensible <laughs> I think the catchphrase is it's strange it happened beautiful <laughs> alright well while we're talking about obscure TV question mark uh, let's talk about fr- uh, let's talk about uh, not fringe <laughs> or let's no, talk about no, please. fringe please can we talk about fringe <laughs> No, we're yes, talking about. We Merlin can only David. do season five again. No, <laughs> oh, oh. I don't. I don't think I can. I don't think I can do that. Uh, no, let's talk about. Let's talk about this episode of Merlin. Uh, the TV guide for this episode reads: Morgana and the Wizard Alator threaten to upend Camelot by revealing Merlin's secret. Yep. I love the complete lack of mention of Agravane. <laughs> Yeah, it's because well, he's a was simp. Was he in this episode, David? I didn't see I him. I just can I reemphasize how much I dislike Agravane. Um, I think Agravane is up there with alternate P- or alternate. Um, what's his name? Even I forget. You think about Walternet? No, Walternet was fantastic. The guy we hated and made fun of. Oh, Lincoln. Lincoln. That's <laughs> Poor who. Lincoln. I think Poor alternate Lincoln. Is, nothing wrong. I think Aggravate is my Lincoln right now. Uh that that matches up pretty well. Introduced <laughs> in season four, like uh, probably it's... probably not making it to the end of this season. Like <laughs> I'm just I'm just not digging his energy. <laughs> he gives off a really bad vibe. Like to the point where I would warn friends if they were interested in dating him. Mm. I'd say, hey, watch out. This dude's got a really bad vibe. Man. David, what's so funny? That's a perfectly sensible thing. So many times. I feel like he has had to explain this on the podcast so many times. If you want to get the context of this joke, they're somewhere. (laughs) You can hear that explanation multiple times. it's a good it's a good explanation. It's it's great. <laughs> Audience, go back to an episode, I guess. Season right. one of Fringe somewhere. It'll all be right. somewhere in there. David, we we have to have talked about it there. You're gonna go back, listen to all the episodes, and then you're gonna edit in the episode number, right? I no. would rather die. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had to text Charlie yesterday. He actually texted me, Nick. He did? Yeah. He texted me. And I, David, I was so deeply concerned because you texted me and you just said hi. And I'm like, oh my God, something's wrong. David never texts me. And like, (laughs) I think I had, this is, this is going to sound bad. It's nothing about you. I had a dream the night before where Nick was like, hey, can I be honest for a second? And then shat all over my entire life <laughs> from like Holy personal shit. personal decisions to what I wore that day. Oh my God. Holy fuck. And I woke up and I was like, wait a minute. Nick's a nice guy. He wouldn't say <laughs> any shit. of these things. I was just dreaming. So when you texted me, hi, I was like, David's going to say that he hates me or like he's dying. Like, he can't come to the wedding. He doesn't want to be best man anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm like, what? what's up, man? Oh, you're just editing the episode? <laughs> like, no, I'm just doing as requested and texting you specifically hi, which, which is what you requested. Fucking heart attack. You were like, hey, when you listen back to this, David, text me hi so I know you <laughs> listen to this. It's because you bailed out early. Yeah, I know. I yes. know the content. Oh, no. I- I, I remember. Man, that was a that was a cursed outro. How'd you find that outro, David? Oh my god, it was horrendous, my dude. <laughs> I was trying my hardest. <laughs> but audience, you heard that two weeks ago now. <laughs> uh, so shall we get into this episode? Yes. Never. Let us get into this episode. Um, where we're gonna open up exactly where we left the last episode, sort of. Uh, yeah, aggravate being weird um, with unconscious Morgana. I just uh, knowing that they have no actual familial connection makes this very creepy. Yeah, um, it's it's fine though. And then he gets aggravate up to his boiling Morgana pot of, back to health of Morgana's bathwater. <laughs> Does. Does he even? Because it seems like she's wearing a magic bracelet that heals her. It's, mm-hmm. I think, the implication, right? Uh, probably. It, but it's 100%. Agravain did it. That's what he'll tell her. <laughs> Obviously. Look, he made he made stew or soup. He made one of those things. Look how useful I am. And now we'll frame Gaius. <laughs> so like, just, Now we must... I just, I love the setting up a, uh, like, episode plot, and it's just happening the next episode. <laughs> no long-form planning, no, like, like uh, foreshadowing or anything. Just like, ah, we can make them suspect Gaius. Okay, that's happening now. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So my you entire thing every- is, she's like, hey, someone is feeding Emrys information about specifically my plans and i'm like you just shat on aggravain last episode for being kind of useless why don't you immediately suspect him um he is definitely the one to suspect here right like that's uh, too much thinking for morgana to do so <laughs> i don't think she's capable of that much of a deep i'd also like to point out like what emrys Emrys came and stopped her last episode and yes. like the start of the season, I guess. But like she didn't really know, like she knew, I guess, that that was Emrys because she was warned, like, "Hey, Emrys is gonna like, you know, Emrys is your is your doom." Um, and then some someone stopped her plans. Um, but like that one wasn't even Emrys. Really, Emrys has only stopped her last episode. Um. Yeah, but she had that vision quest of Emrys being like her greatest <laughs> foe, right? Yeah, I guess. Sure, Morgana. Sure. All right. <laughs> well, it's obviously it's obviously oh, Emrys is learning all of these things through Gaius. If vision quest just showed you your greatest enemy in life, I think everyone should do one, right? <laughs> that is horrifying. <laughs> I mean, then you would know, right? When you meet them, you're like, I saw you in a vision. You're my greatest foe. (laughs) So, so David, here's a question. David, Uh, why do you think you and I are friends? (laughs) David, what percentage of the population would either see themselves or not see a person? 
No, it has to specifically be like it, it's your greatest foe, as in the ne- other, like a person who is like you're the worst person to you. I How think. many people see their boss? Yeah, like that could be it as well. Like I think for most people, it's gonna be very mundane, or like some kid from like high school, and they're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh, sweet! I'm already past that. Yeah, I, I think it's just gonna be like no one's gonna be worse to me than that person. <laughs> oh wow, it's my abusive dad. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> yeah, I just think it's gonna be a lot of that energy. <laughs> well, let me go back to therapy. Quick yeah, post. I think- uh, Post this to writing prompts as you you see a picture of your worst enemy and one day you see yourself. Aww. See, that's the lame way to do it. I wanted to just <laughs> be... Is. Have you guys seen the trailer? Oh, there was a trailer for... um, I forget the name of the movie, but it's essentially like two people road rage at each other to the and then it just escalates to them trying to ruin each other's lives. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like to just hilarious extents. Where like one of them sne- like is a uh, like handyman, and they pretend to be hired by them, and then they piss on their rug and leave. <laughs> nice, but it looks really good, and I'm like, that's what I want. That's the energy I want. So your your goal is to find out who your greatest foe is, and then immediately start fucking with them to make it so they want to fuck with you. Yeah, listen, if I already know I'm gonna have this horrendous beef with this person. I might as well get started immediately. I think we've, I think we've just <laughs> learned that it doesn't actually need to be that horrendous of a beef, and then you make it it. <laughs> yeah, they're still like, my greatest foe. The vision quest was correct. You're, you're right, but they didn't have to be this much of a dick to you until you were that much of a dick to them. Oh, no. All right. Anyways, um, Gaius. Gaius is, Gaius is the source of all of Morgana's problems this episode. We must we must plot his downfall. Uh, fortunately, Agravain has a plan. Yes, um, and that plan is to just be creepy and useless. I guess implicate Gaius. Yup. Let's let's before we get to that though, let's enjoy some more uh, Arthur and Merlin scenes. Um, Merlin's still acting like... like he has been bewitched to kill him with how giddy he is. <laughs> Uh, I think Merlin's just doing his best to keep his job here. Merlin is actually doing a great job, and I think we should yeah. point that out. Maybe Merlin did get training from George. <laughs> well, as we've learned, there was not very much time that passed from last episode to this episode, so I'm assuming he's still, you know, learning from George, or George has been like... <laughs> let's let's be real. George found some, like, medieval stimulants and has been giving them to Merlin. no. Let's be real. Uh, George is still doing all the work. Merlin is just taking credit for it now. <laughs> there we go. Boom. George is off camera, right off screen, having written this speech by himself. The weird thing is, I think George would let Merlin take the credit. George has incredible sub energy. <laughs> like Merlin's like, I, if you don't give me credit, let or let me take the credit, I'm gonna spit on you. And George is like, that's that's your threat. George is like why not both (laughs) I mean sure if you want to play this up okay please spit on me and then also take credit (laughs) that's that that is all that I'd want from this could you like step on me a little bit could you pretend that you're a six and a half foot tall vampire woman (laughs) isn't it like eight and a half feet tall yeah she's huge oh lady (laughs) devastator okay (laughs) I was like, I was like, I thought it was, I thought it was like, like uncomfortably tall. Whoa, Nick! No, no such thing as uncomfortably tall when we're talking about eight foot tall vampire women. Oh man, the internet I lost was... its goddamn mind after the trailer got released. The only favorite... time I've seen the internet lose its mind collectively more than that was the invention of Bowsette. I was about to say Bowsette. Bowsette is was worse than that. Still, yes. no, I. Uh... I will, I'll say it's, Bowsette is better because that was fans taking an implication from a new power-up and going, but what if this was on Bowser? Well, it wasn't Lady Demiscu- fans. It was one person wrote a comic and then it exploded. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't like, hey, we're going to make this giant vampire mommy for you to simp over. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
when I say explode, I mean like the internet's reaction to it. Yeah. Where like it was everywhere. Like in the span of a day, it had broken, like become the most searched thing. Like I think I think the important thing to recognize is it takes something special to make the, the internet collectively horny. Uh <laughs> The internet is always a little horny, but it's typically not all directed in the same location. And both Bowsette and, um, what was that, Lady... Yes, exactly. Whatever um, she was, uh, they, they both like directed the internet's horniness all into one location for a day, which was sort of insane. Uh, Wasn't like the the main dev or creator of Bayonetta, like... Hello, oh, yeah. I would I would like to marry this woman. Where is the life size figure? I will buy it now. Yes, she but like that's she, that's, uh, that's also like already known. It was really <laughs> funny. A bunch of the like she started drawing she got, so much art that she needs to go to horny jail, and she was like, "What is horny jail?" And someone linked her a comic of a corgi hitting like the corgi meme of the bonk stick, bonk. and then someone linked her like uh like a furry version, and she's like. Oh, sorry. What? What is this? Excuse me. What? What's this one? <laughs> what's this would... sexy cop corgi? Excuse me. What? <laughs> uh, I could go here. Don't tempt me with a good time. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> it's just more Twitter of going, "What the fuck? Come on." That's please. that's one of my favorite please, things. Please, you're notable. Please stop this. <laughs> you inv- you what? made Bayonetta. Please, I mean, we get it. You made Bayonetta, but please. That like, that is one of my is favorite very things. Brand. When people start getting super like, oh man, Bayonetta is like sexist and male gaze, and I'm like, yes, like you are correct that certain features of the design appeal to the male gaze, but um raging lesbian made her they also appeal to the lesbian gays because a raging lesbian made her uh bayonetta as she is very specific in every design aspect you can read her very large book that she wrote about the design of bayonetta oh no all right (laughs) anyways um out of this back into merlin oh right sorry less there uh are there any fun lesbians in merlin not yet that's a shame oh. there there was that weird energy between morgana and her half sister no they didn't have that energy they definitely had like <laughs> siblings who are too connected energy but like not in that way there were some Fair weird enough. vibes in season one between gwen and morgana but that seems to have completely oh, yeah. faded with morgana forgetting who the fuck gwen even is <laughs> yeah. Aside from that bitch who'll sit on the throne of Camelot. <laughs> Alright, anyways, t- speaking of Morgana, uh she's gonna go to a faraway land. Um by that somewhere by the seaside. Um and we'll get to what she's doing out there soon. In the meantime, uh let's get back to uh Arthur speaking with Agravain while getting dressed. Uh, and them trying to suss out who the uh, who the traitor is uh, in a weird amount of continuity between episodes. Goddamn. Yep. Oh, I mean, this isn't um, even weird continuity. This is just like a part two, even. Like this feels like a direct really continuation. Is. So, like, I it definitely is just like a direct continuation, just new plot line, I guess. Um, but yeah, no direct continuation in terms of like what's happening. Um. Can't be the knights. We already know it's not Agravain, obviously. Um, therefore, it has to be Gaius. We must con- we must question Gaius and see. Like, look at this. He he used to like consort with sorcerers. How could we not believe a previous magic user who you know, as we all know, ratted out all the magic users would be still on magic magic side? Uh, yep. It it it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. Let's. Whatever. Let's let's get back to Listen, let's get back to Morgana meeting with uh Calathan. Okay. Um new character who's apparently new. an incredibly powerful wizard or Alator. magic user who's just always been there, I guess. Alator. <laughs> yep. Listen, he's he's been in hiding a bunch. Apparently. Um, apparently, as we'll as we'll learn. Uh the actor looks so familiar and I swear he's American. Ooh. He has been in a lot of things. Um, he, I think, 
is like a typical like villain of the week. I I think he plays um a potentially ultimately bad guy colonel in Stargate. I don't like, know. Most I think of it's the actors pretty important to note, I'm pretty sure he just plays like villain of the week sort of characters in like a lot of things. Gary Lewis. Oh yeah, you are very familiar. <laughs> uh anyways, while uh while Charlie's looking that up, um we have a partnership. Uh Morgana is uh able to uh convince Alator uh to abduct someone for her. He was in uh, Aragon. Oh, interesting. Who, who he was, was he in Aragon? He was Hrothgar. I don't remember the people in Aragon anymore. <laughs> I didn't have Who's that? I haven't read is that I haven't read or watched Aragon. Resistance so. leader? No? Uh he is the dwarf king. I, there was a dwarf king? Man, I don't remember um, Aragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? I had to look that up on the Aragon wiki and now that's in my search history and I feel bad. Like it wasn't gonna be the new books coming out. You're going to get all back in that no, I'm not. You're get all it's not your like I own hands all back in Aragon. It's not like I own all four books, three <laughs> of them in a box set. You're gonna get your hands all back in Fantasy Star Wars. <laughs> Never. He's gonna love it. You can't make me. <laughs> and whatever Ray character he writes in to <laughs> date Murtaugh. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be great. Oh. Um. Anyways, Morgana is willing to give up her cool bracelet that she got like a season ago and has been helping with the bad dreams. Was it a uh, season? It feels like longer. She she got this from um uh Morgos to like help with her yeah. bad dreams, right? Yes. At the start of season three, I think. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It is. Uh this is a pretty important, uh definitely attuned to bracelet that she's just giving <laughs> up. Uh Oh man, fuck attunement. Just let me use all my shit. Yep. All the time. It's totally not like you need these sort of mechanics in games that things don't get too broken. No. Let me uh, let me just use all my items, Celasta. Please. <laughs> just let me use Never. all my items, hey. D&D, please. <laughs> listen, listen, Morgana just found a more powerful magical artifact that she needed to attune with, and she's like, well shit, I gotta get rid of this one. I might as well get a kidnapping out of it. Uh and does so. Uh, she is able to convince Alator to uh, uh, to kidnap uh, Gaius from Camelot uh, for her and torture and figure out the name, the uh, who Emrys actually is, so that Morgana knows and go and hunt him down? Question mark. Um, in the meantime, let's get to an incredible sequence of questions being asked uh, to Gaius, uh, with Arthur in the background and Agravain asking the questions where. Gaius does every possible, like, like does everything that he possibly can to dodge the questions being Listen, asked. Gaius is a champ. This is what Jeffrey should have done when he was asked <laughs> to crown Morgana. I am unable he... to crown monarchs at this time. <laughs> what a champ. I, I understand that you may have the ability to be queen. <laughs> no, no, it shouldn't have been... That, sorry, legally, you're not allowed to be the queen. <laughs> Hi, Morgana. Tell you. you can fuck off. I will never forgive Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> poor Jeffrey. Not poor Jeffrey. Uh, he betrayed anyways. the kingdom. Sorry. Nick, I think Nick's a traitor. He fucking yeah. I'm shocked Jeffrey still has a job and that he wasn't put to the fucking gallows. <laughs> That's fine. He crowned Arthur and therefore he's cool. Everything's fine. Born to note, Jeffrey's cool as long as you're the current monarch. It's not, fine. He writes no a longer the monarch. He writes a book about Arthur later. Exactly. We need to keep him around. Um. Uh, but yeah, Gaius does his absolute best to uh, not slander sorcery too hard while still respecting Camelot, I guess, in this, <laughs> in this sequence. It's fantastic. Um, basically, he does everything in his power to be as noncommittal as possible with his aim. Um, and is only, like, only at the end uh, when asked specifically about uh, the sorcerer who... I guess killed Uther. 
Dragoon? Emrys? Whoever. You, you, you know the guy. Um, he is uh, unable, like, just basically saying, like, yep, nope, don't know anything more about him. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Well, I mean, even then they're like, do you know him? And he takes, like, an eight-minute pause and is like, no. M- maybe. Did you ever meet with him? 20 years later. No. I've never met him as Emrys. <laughs> Outlook unclear. Ask again later. <laughs> <laughs> he is just he is just an eight ball. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, unfortunately, this is really not um, helping Gaius's case to Arthur here. Uh, mainly just because this is very clearly Gaius trying to be as like non-committal but still non-threatening to the kingdom as possible which is not what Arthur's looking for while searching for a traitor uh yeah so, not, not uh, the play here guys yeah th- th- remember all those times that you routed out all those sorcerers guys you kind of need a little bit more of that energy right here just just a little bit um and uh yeah we have oh, sorry uh we have <laughs> Uh, Agravain. How dare you, you can tell. yawn? How so dare you exciting. yawn during the most cool. exciting thing you do during the week? <laughs> oh, obviously. Record the podcast. Um, yeah, Agravain convinces Arthur that uh, Gaius must be the traitor. Um, With, once again, not a lot of effort. People are really down, once again, to just throw Gaius out. Hey, like... So- Gaius stole all those peasants' gold that one time. I just this is like the fifth time Gaius has been accused of something. David, have you ever realized that snakebite incidences go down every time that Gaius <laughs> is in the is in the prisons, <laughs> is in the cells? It's true. It's, it's crazy. undeniable. No, I was like, sure. We know that causation does not mean correlation, but like, you gotta admit, Listen, the I'm fuck just a it doesn't. Believer that without the doctor testing for snake bites, <laughs> we wouldn't have <laughs> as many snake bites. And the only reason snake bites are so high is that we're testing for them. Obviously, you're right, David. <laughs> Get this man a promotion. <laughs> Have we considered you know how much money? using sunlight to cure the snake bites? Oh. <sighs> Have you considered not looking at the snakes? <laughs> Therefore, they cannot bite you. Have you considered getting that uh, Saint Patrick to get rid of all the snakes? <laughs> He's making it right for the Lord, Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> uh... Go subscribe to Dropout. <laughs> Yeah, go subscribe to Dropout. <laughs> Give Dropout money. Dropout's great. <laughs> Dropout deserves your money. And, like, uh, we earnestly mean that. Uh, anyways, after, after our continued, like, just promotion of other, other forms of media. Better uh, forms of media. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, we have Agravain start to enact his plan, and we sort of get... I guess just an aggravating plan here. Um, he is able to distract Merlin uh, so that Merlin's not going to be around by giving him a blade from Gedriff. Um, weird callback, but sure. Um, blade from Gedriff that he'd like Merlin to sharpen uh, and hide for Arthur to find in the morning. It's a gift for Arthur. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we have Alator and his uh, men uh, sneak into Camelot, uh, make a horse leave so that it looks like Gaius left in the night, uh, and then have Agravain let them in so they can go and uh, kidnap Gaius. So was the whole point of the dagger just to get Merlin away from Gaius? 100%. Because I, I feel like so. there was easier ways to do that. Yeah. There were funnier ways to do that. Like make um, him muck out the stalls. For like the 90th time. Or, that never gets old. Or tell him that the tavern's having a special. <laughs> Marilyn, you've been working very hard. Go to the tavern. I hear that. I hear your favorite tavern and they're having a sale. Well, hey, mentions of the tavern. There's... Come back again this episode. <laughs> Merle, or Arthur's all like, hey man, I know you fucking love that tavern so much. <laughs> you fucking drunk. 
It's fantastic. I just now I really if I wrote this episode, I would have added a scene with Agravain trying to tempt Merlin to the tavern and that not working. And I'm going, fuck it, I'll buy a dagger, I guess. But he's known sure. for his love of the drink. It's all Arthur complains about. <laughs> Merlin drunk at the tavern this, Merlin drunk at the tavern that. It never ends. Why won't he go to the fucking tavern? <laughs> oh man. Again, Merlin needs more comedy. <laughs> I just think Merlin works better when it's not taking itself so seriously. Really does. It's impressive. If only we were writers. If only we could travel back in time to do Merlin. <laughs> and kill there the original go. Merlin writers. Nope. <laughs> murder no them murder in their necessary. sleep. No, we could always mind control them, I guess. Like that one Merlin's writer's kink. <laughs> I want to say, also, just in case they're somehow listening, pure speculation on our part. Feel free to reach out and confirm or deny. I'm really leaning on the confirm here. Like, I, I understand. I understand if you if you have to vehemently deny it so that, like, you know, we have to say, like, don't worry, they denied it. But also, like, you can tell us and we won't tell the audience. It's a safe like, space. We'll we don't kink shame. Like, we don't kink okay. shame, but we, also it's incredibly sus that every episode of Merlin you wrote has mind control in it. You get that, right? <laughs> you you understand our concerns, yes? Especially because two be of fair, them are mind control to fall in love with someone. <laughs> like, to, to be fair, there's still one more episode by them that you guys haven't seen yet. Yeah, and it's, it's going to bring fucking Lancelot back to life, <laughs> and it's going to mind control him to fuck it's when. literally called Lancelot to, of the lake. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> oh, is Merlin going to throw Lancelot in the lake? <laughs> Lancelot's going to come out of the lake, and Morgana's going to mind control him to fuck Gwen? Boom. <laughs> uh. All right, let's let's get back to it. Guys has been kidna kidnapped, um, and it's the next morning. Uh, Agravain has been able to uh, has has raised the alarm because there is no Gaius in sight. He yes. must have fled. He must have. He um, knew we were on to him, so he fled like a coward. Look at all this random magic shit I found in his room. At which point, Arthur's like, yeah, fair. All right, don't send anyone after him. It's fine. I still like him enough that we're not going to do that. Uh, and that's the end of it. <laughs> Roland's left very confused because he knows that Gaius isn't the traitor. What the fuck? And I just, I don't know at this point why he doesn't just point his finger at Agravain. Like, I... Oh, because I he tries has learned to. already. I know, but just like, Agravain is this no one who's just shown up this season. Like, I just... Ah, uh, he's family, David. I barely. Where was he all this past time? Why did he only show back up when Uther died? I just... And... Not even when Uther David, died, when Uther was mentally beaten, he showed back up. It's just... <laughs> I just... Like, this really should have been a character that has had more... I think, um, development appear appearances, just like because Gaius was Uther's best friend, essentially, <laughs> like or most trusted retainer. But anyways, but anyways, instead, we have this. Instead, Agravain's here. He says something. We all listen to him immediately, and and trust him. Yep. implicitly. I guess. Um, except for except for Merlin. Merlin. So to be fair, as Charlie said, Merlin does sort of try and point the finger back at Agravain, um, and is quickly cut off by Arthur being like, "Listen, you've already, you've already, like, we've already said this. I don't want to have to throw you out as well. Let's just stop talking about this." Um, and that's the end of that. Merlin knows Arthur's not going to be of help here. Um, if he wants to figure out what the fuck happened to guys, he's going to have to do it himself. In the meantime, let's get to the the, the torture, I guess. Um, a guys is guys is kidnapped, brought to some weird cave. Um, Morgana's there and is like, "Hey, uh, ha, you're going to tell us everything you know." And guys is like, "No, I won't." And then Morgana's like, "We have a special magic torturer." And guys is like, "Oh fuck, wait, what?" <laughs> Yo, not cool. Wait, not cool. You got his magic torture specifically for me? What the fuck? <laughs> not not cool, man. Not cool. 
<laughs> Anyways, um, now for the finding Gaius part of the episode while he gets tortured. Um, uh, we have Merlin starting to look and try and like figure out what the heck is going on. Uh, talk to Gwen for a little bit, and Gwen's like, "Hey, listen, maybe it's best. Like, I understand, but like, probably best to just leave this for right." Um, and uh, yeah, some magic torture happens. Um, the guy's like, oh, torture, I'll, I'll raise the flames. And guys is like, I will unraise the flames. Guys like, well, I'll just raise it back times infinity. And guys right. like, that's cheating. You said you wouldn't do that. My mom's calling me for dinner now. <laughs> yeah. The torture scenes just to be like, oh, you're getting warmer, which I understand is a very effective form of torture. Cause you know, hot, but also seems kind of anticlimactic knowing how well magic torture could be like yeah you could really fuck a guy yeah. up by like even just spinning him around a lot look at lord of the rings Ugh. good it doesn't sound like fun no let's make him drunk oh <laughs> uh, all right anyways um magic torture uh merlin investigating trying to figure out what the heck is going on uh mace's way into aggravane's finds the magic books and goes cool i have evidence but this probably isn't enough to convince um and then does take a look at his boots and goes wait a second there's some weird shit on his boots oh, um and let's... then has to hide from aggravane and aggravane takes his shirt off for some reason and i felt like that was weird <laughs> oh definitely we didn't need this <laughs> why do we need this scene uh, sometimes, sometimes you just need that seed. Yeah, David? and then Agravine's like, "Gasp! It was Merlin. What was he looking at? <gasps> he was looking at my boots that has this weird shit on it." This. Yep, and just Agravine being terrible at his job. Uh, That's kind of yeah. Agravine's job, though, is to be bad at his job. Good on you, Agravine? Question mark. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> at being bad at your job. You you did it. That doesn't um, sound right. Let's let's get all right, guys. I have a question for you. We're uh, we've got Merlin going out on a quest. Uh, he's got to go find Gaius. Uh, we need one of them cool knights to go with. Uh, which one should it be? You think it should be Percival, that one that we haven't talked and like heard a bunch from yet? Nah, couldn't be him. It's got to be Gwen, obviously. Always Gwen. Be... No Percival allowed. <laughs> Percival doesn't exist, Nick. He's not a real Percival. person. Percival isn't real. Percival is just two biceps in a trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Except the trench coat doesn't have sleeves. Because it ripped off. <laughs> he, he flexes his way out of the trench coat sleeve. Damn. Well, well, well done. <laughs> I am impressed, I guess. Anyways, let's have Gawain do this instead. Um... And uh, have Gwen actually do something other than be hungry? Um, no, he's sitting there he with like food with... in his hand. I think. Yeah, doesn't he have like yeah, he's... something he's eating? It's fine. He's he's got to have some other traits. And look, he he remembers that the the weird substance that Merlin found uh, is iron ore. Uh, and there's not a lot of places where there's iron in Camelot. Uh, in fact, he only really remembers this one cave or two that had iron. Um, Merlin's like, sweet, I know where I have to go. Which. Wayne, do you want to come with me? I need help. Which, okay. What? There's not a lot of iron in Camelot? How does Camelot make anything? <laughs> what are they smithing? Are they importing all of their iron? That's why they had to go to Gedref. I just... That's... <laughs> what? <laughs> don't worry about it, David. Just, just don't worry about it. It's fine. They, had to, they have to get their iron from elsewhere. Obviously. <laughs> Oh man, um. But also anyways. on sorry on Merlin's part, why does he need this clue to track where Gaius has been taken? Surely your first thought is, oh yeah, Morgana did this. I should go back to Morgana's hut and look for clues there. Like yes, but also uh, maybe poking the bear isn't a good call. Also, as it turns out in this case, it probably wouldn't have worked too well because Morgana, uh, like. Searching, searching, and like finding from Agravain does. Uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, let's have uh Merlin start to make his way uh Merlin start to make his way onto uh uh onto where Gaius is and Agravain realize that Merlin's figured it out and rush to Morgana uh to let her know. Um somehow like, oh, shit, Merlin's onto beats us. them there. Yeah. Uh well to be fair, I think he sees like that Merlin's been in his stuff and immediately goes while Merlin still doesn't have clues figured. I don't know why so. Gawain buys his... Like, they eventually get to the cave where Gaius is being held. Uh, Gaius m- explains to the uh, Alator guy, like, oh, the druid legends are true. Emrys is the most powerful sorcerer, and he'll bring about Albion. And also, it's Merlin. Merlin is Emrys. Emrys is Merlin. <laughs> Thankfully, Morgana's not there. And as soon as he said it, um, Fancy and I were like, well, that guy's switching sides. He's he's gonna protect Merlin's secret because he has to. And Gwen, so Merlin sneaking in somewhere else. Merlin Gwen split up. Gwen finds Gaius and finds uh, Agravain there holding a dagger to Gaius. And Gwen's like, "What the fuck are you doing? You did kidnap him." And Gwen's like, or Agravain's like, "No, no, no. See, I'm using the dagger to see if he's still breathing instead of, you know." listening or any other reasonable thing i'm not the bad guy i followed your trail here which is why i'm here before you <laughs> and Gwen's like that's a reasonable thing because i'm a fucking moron all of a sudden i too listen to people's breathing with a dagger <laughs> and yeah and then they fuck off and then uh, it was so frustrating it really was and also, like, Agravain's explanation, oh, I knew you and Merlin had left and his concern for the boy, and maybe Gaius was kidnapped. You thought Gaius ran away and was evil. Is your outward mo- motivation and thought process. Why are you following a knight and a servant on probably a fool's errand? What the fuck are you doing, second in command of Camelot, leaving the castle unannounced? Uh, listen, he does it apparently all the time because he's constantly leaving. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? Gwen, what are you doing? My guy. <laughs> it's fine. Merlin runs into Morgana, and Morgana's like, ah, magicless Merlin. That's what I call you, Merlin without magic, because you're normal and boring. Finally. You'll never understand magic. Finally, I'll kill you now that you're powerless and here by yourself and unable to do anything. <laughs> I win. Oh, look, it's my good friend Alator, and he knows exactly who Emrys is, and he will tell me now. <laughs> hey, I wonder why he's crouching down, looking at Merlin as he says, Oh, I know exactly who Emrys is and where he is. Where, huh? huh? Get it? Get it? <laughs> who could it be? It could be anyone. But he'll never tell, and then he knocks Morgana out and gives this bullshit speech about, I was bullied too as a kid, so I'll be your friend. But it's more like, uh, yes, apparently Gaius told me you're the greatest sorcerer who ever lived. See, I think <laughs> Gaius says like, oh, the druids um, legend is real. I think this is a thing spread amongst the sorcerers yeah. as like some yeah, hope this, to cling to. It feels like a like, oh shit, it's, it's real. Uh, all right, I, I need to... <laughs> Jesus is coming back, and his name is Emrys. Yup. Well, well, not even Jesus is back. Just Emrys is back, and his name is Merlin. Is what's <laughs> happening here? Like, but yeah. And then Merlin's like, "Hey, sweet. I guess I have a friend that we'll never see again. Uh, maybe uh, he shows back up in the season finale. I will avoid going to his wiki page to keep that a secret for myself. I believe he shows back up. I think this guy shows back up at least." One more time. I'm saying season finale. I'm not confident okay. in saying an episode. I just think it comes back at least one. <laughs> Beginning of next episode, in which case he dies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then everyone gets back home, and Merlin and Gaius get an apology. And also, Gaius is like, oh, we can't tell Arthur about Agravain. It's his uncle. And Merlin's like, why the fuck not? Dude, it's so easy. We clearly know he wants to kill at least you and is working with Morgana directly. He literally is a traitor. 
Gaius, oh, protecting it's, it's protecting a traitor makes you a traitor. Bye. <laughs> Everything's okay. <laughs> uh, um, and yeah, we have during Gaius's uh, uh, like, uh, sorry, Arthur's apology to Gaius. Uh, we do have Arthur being like, but Gaius, I do know you were hiding something. Like you were very suspicious in that entire conversation that you had during your interrogation with Agravain. Uh, what the fuck was up with that? Uh, and Gaius is like, yeah, no, I was trying to hide the location of that sorcerer, uh, mainly because he was trying to help, I swear. Yeah. Please believe me. Uther was dying anyways. <laughs> I need you to understand, as a doctor, Uther was dying anyways. I mean, you could, you could easily paint those events as Uther's wounds were so severe, not even magic could save him, and it gave you one final moment to say goodbye to your father. Before he died. To be fair, man, Uther did that. That is not what it looked like. Uther like <laughs> no. burned to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, the, and I think that's the end of our episode. Yeah, Uther, Uther gave Merlin, or Uther gave not Uther, Gaius gave Arthur a nice speech of like, "Hey, stop oppressing the minorities in the kingdom. Some of them even like you." You have the minority vote if you just use it. <laughs> Please, God, stop oppressing the minorities. Never! Never! <laughs> it is I, the Canadian Conservative Party. <laughs> Fuck the gays and the poor, but especially the poor gays. Ooh, the only way they could be worse <laughs> if they were poor and gay and ethnic. <laughs> oh no! Our leader is Pierre Poutine. <laughs> oh man, I really want Poutine. <laughs> didn't you want Poutine like last week too? I didn't get any. Why buy the Poutine? That's I'm way gonna, too expensive. I'm gonna go out today, tomorrow, and get Poutine, and it's gonna be great. You said you were going to get poutine when you went to work, and then you didn't. Yeah, I'm going to work tomorrow. I'll get poutine. I'll take pictures and send. Don't, because then I'm going to want poutine. <laughs> I think we're getting shawarma for dinner tomorrow. Ooh. I wanted, I wanted shawarma for dinner tonight, but they stopped doing DoorDash. I have to record a podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, the worst. Um, I, anyway, episode ending. Um. What what did we all think? Was it's, was good? Was bad? Fine. Was an episode? Was was episode two point five? Oh my god! Actual average rating from Nick was episode. Oh no! Nick's that's, given two point fives before. I've I've given them before. Ooh. All but one of your two point fives came in season three. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, I really didn't care for this episode one way or another. Two point five. Wow. Um, I think I this swear episode to Christ was fine. I don't think it was a good episode, but I don't think four point five bad episode. Um, three. Okay, that's right. not that bad. <laughs> like, I just I think you guys are being quite harsh. <laughs> Like, well, so David, you're right, but it was, it was completely fine, but it was like, I don't know, it's, it's definitely a come down is part of my problem. This is a mid-tier like, episode. Yes. It, it's a mid, it's a mid-tier episode coming up right after, like, just like a couple bangers in a row. Uh, is... viewership went down too, down to 6.72 million, down from 6.9, and the rating went down too, down to an 8.2 from an 8. This is the lowest rated or second lowest rated episode so far this season. The lowest being his father's son, which is Arthur kills a king and war doesn't happen. Despite all the extras they hired. <laughs> and the queen's like, no, we might be friends one day. And you're like, how? He killed your husband. Like, <laughs> We've already talked about this. We've already given her reasons as to why it's fine. She had to look pissed off, but really, she's now got control of a kingdom. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> All right. That'll bring us to the end of the episode. Therefore, 
end of this podcast. Man, I didn't phrase that correctly. <laughs> how 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 go, David? It go well. I'm tired. These late night records <laughs> get to me. <clears throat> but yes, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Four Seasons and a Funeral. If you liked what you heard, feel free to give us a rating or a review on your podcasting service of choice, be that Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or, uh, fuck it, I, I don't know, uh, iHeartRadio or whatever nonsense you're listening to this on. Um, and definitely feel free to reach out to us through the hell site that is Twitter at Forsaf, F-O-U-R-S-A-A-F, or you can email us at Forsaf at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Outro. Our intro and outro music is The Butterfly, Kid on the Mountain by Slunch. I, uh, I really tried on that pronunciation. I don't think it's correct, but that's what YouTube tells me.